0: Empire.
1: Hello and welcome to my podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or wherever else. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. Go to Empire Media. A M P I R E like the show, leave a comment or two, that would be much appreciated. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein. We go over a lot of topics. The stadium site, the best way to handle the quarterback situation, how attractive is this place to free agents, the Terry McLaurin Extension talk, and more. You can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW and hear him on ESPN 630 every day in Washington, D.C. You can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about the quarterback search based on comments from Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera at the scouting combine. But Bram and I get into a lot of topics, so no need to waste time here. So here's my conversation with the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein. All right, Bram. Well, what we should have done is recorded our conversation that we had yesterday because that would have been a good podcast. Well, I think we answered every question and we solved a lot of problems here. And, you know, based on our conversation, we, ha- we could get this team to 15 and 2 next year. All so, right. So, hack
0: our phones. That's what you're, that's the uh, <laughs> tell commander Twitter to hack our phones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, by the way, have you gotten used to the name yet?
0: You know, it's funny you asked that. Like when they changed the name originally, I don't know what it was, but it, 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 I didn't have a problem saying it. Like somehow right. I thought for sure that uh, it would slip out all the time. And it never did in two years calling the games. None of the three of us, none of us ever said it on the air. I've gotten pretty good at not using it. When we do reference things like the 91 team, I, I bring it. I say it because I, it doesn't sound right not to say it. That's who um, they were. Yeah, that's who they were. So I, don't, I feel like that's the clear line of delineation. That was their name. I'm going to call them that. I'm not calling them the commanders from 1991 or whatever. Um, and now it's funny. I almost have like the yips with it. Like it doesn't come out cleanly. So I've got a few more months before we kick off and it matters and I can say it and I'll get it out.
1: You know, it's funny because at the reveal, because Joe Theismann had said, hey, just go keep saying it, keep saying it you know, tell it to neighbors, whatever. Tell, mm-hmm. That was his advice to fans. all that. And like, to be honest, the more, the further we get from that day, I haven't gotten used to it at all. In fact, it's probably gone the other way a little bit where it just feels really awkward at first. And I think it'll be like that for a little while until you get, you know, you write it a lot more. And, you know, when I go on ESPN and talk about, well, here's Washington Commanders beat reporter, John Kine, blah, blah, blah. Then it'll feel a little bit different. But right now, to me, it's still it's still in that awkward early stages. And I agree with you, like when it was the football team, I hated writing that because it was such a, you couldn't write that in second reference as a reporter. It just was awkward as hell. But um, and maybe because this is more permanent that it feels different. Like you're just going to, it's going to take a little bit longer for me to get to get used to referencing them this way and to seeing it referenced this way. So. People
0: get used to it. I mean, I'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. Everybody yeah, will get used to yes. it. I'm not you know, whatever, whatever anyone's feelings are about it in February, I don't think they'll feel the same way in September. No. Um, and what? they certainly won't in 2028, you know, like when they open Commander Land, you know, wherever that may be in likely the state of Virginia. And, um, you know, so I think like with time, look, this was always going to be a tough change. And I really think more than anything, and I think they knew this, There was nothing they were going to do that was going to make everybody happy and i think there was nothing they were going to do that was going to even make a majority of people happy because people are just so attached to the history of the name and so it's just going to take some time um i think they ended on a we've talked about this a lot i think they ended in a logical place and i think it's just going to take some time but people will get used to it and in the end this town loves the nfl you know they want this team to win very badly If they start doing that, you know, I think people will really enjoy the name and the look and all that stuff. If they get a nice new sparkling stadium with a winning football team in it.
1: Have you purchased property in Dumfries yet?
0: Yeah. I'm not even going to joke with you. I looked. I did. I looked because from Bethesda to Dumfries, um, that's going to be something. And if that's where it ends up, I'd actually like to have something down there that I could probably at least go to if I need to if I'm going to go down there two, three, four days a week, whatever it is. So I'm considering it. Have you?
1: Because I'm, it's oh, listen, farther I'm for you here, baby. It's farther for you than it is for me. It is definitely further for me and because I've had to make that drive before a couple times and it is a, I think I like to tell myself an hour, 15 minutes is probably longer. It, it's a haul. It is not where I hope yeah. end up. It is not. I think it's where
0: it's going to end up. Personally, that's my gut. Is that's that's the number one site personally. That's what I think, but probably and only and I don't know, but only because well, for a couple reasons. One, boy, that's really coincidental that Dan Snyder bought a house in Mount Vernon. (laughs) That's that's kind of on that side of Virginia, and then secondarily, um, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'd have to guess that the state inducements package is going to be broader and more you know open-ended and more team friendly if they go to that area as opposed to loudon county um loudon county's developed loudon county has a lot of suitors for land there loudon county's already had a lot of things happen in it this is an opportunity for that part of virginia to really get a new economic center and so i could see where it's going to be very 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 attractive for the team because i think the package is going to be better like you could Take any of the three. However, if you go to Dumfries, we're going to give you the moon and waterfront property and all that stuff. So I'm just guessing here, but I actually think the Dumfries-Woodbridge is probably going to be a better package. And then the team has to decide if the fans are going to be upset with that and would prefer Loudoun County.
1: Right. Well, in that case, I definitely would prefer Loudoun County. My, my well, you would. Yes. <laughs> you I definitely would. would. Yeah. Now I will say I've always preferred, I I always hoped that, that they would return to the district. Um everybody yeah. does. Everybody does. That clearly doesn't look realistic at this point. So if we're talking Virginia, then I preferred and also because there's just there's it's not
0: realistic in- because they don't have the land to give them. I mean, like yeah. like I like I like Muriel Bowser and, and I and I appreciate that she politically says the right thing about this, but if you ask her the direct question do you have control of the land that the federal government is overseeing in order to even make the deal to build this stadium at all, whatever else the entertainment center, they want the real answer right now is no. So they can't even come to the table with anything. Everybody would love it to go back. All the fans would love it to go back to the district. That's the easiest solution. Maybe the people who live down in in that area don't want it, but like it's going to get redeveloped into something at some point. And But right now, the federal government has not seized control of the land over to the city to make the decision, and therefore, there is no RFK land to be had. So I appreciate politically that she postures this, but it's just not even a possibility right now. And tick, 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 you better hurry up if you want to get to the table, because this is the Virginia thing's rolling downhill.
1: Well, the other thing, and when I had talked to one politician um, a week or two ago, very familiar with the stadium process, and his thought, his thinking was, that Dumfries was attractive to the state, especially, and and maybe even the team a little bit because the proximity to both Richmond and then the district. And so you, they, I think they want to maintain their hold on the state. And one thing that's happened over the years for fans in this region, not just the state, but in the region is you have Maryland or the Ravens encroaching on, you know, Washington territory in suburban Maryland and all that. But you also have the Panthers who have kind of gobbled up that share of North Carolina that the the Redskins, this franchise, used to have. So I just, you know, I wonder if if that's not a way for them to try and protect and build it as much here um, and and strengthen. I don't know. You know, just one thought I had. I think
0: more than anything, and Jason Wright has said this a lot, and um, we're seeing this with other locales. Um, the team is not just building a stadium. The team is going to build an entertainment complex. They're going to build a town. If you went down to Dallas and saw yeah. the Star, you would see what we're talking so about far. here, like SoFi, the Star, uh, Patriots Place. Um, you know what is happening out in San Francisco, like, and that's another point. I mean, the reality is a lot of these stadiums aren't close to their you know major right. city hubs, like. Arlington and Frisco are nowhere near Dallas. They're 30, 40 minutes away. Well, San Francisco yeah, Stadium is nowhere near downtown San Francisco at all. Um, you know, SoFi's in Hollywood. So that's but, you know, LA's a big, vast property. Anyway, Patriots Place has been in Foxborough for a long time. Buffalo Stadium is probably going to stay in Orchard Park when they build something new. Jets and Giants play in New Jersey. You know, I hate to break it to everybody. I know it tugs at our heartstrings, too. Let's put it at RFK. I think that's where everybody wants it. Um, the reality is the NFL is looking for places to build entertainment complexes, which is exactly what the commanders want to do. They want to have something like Dallas has not just the stadium, but something that's going to have 100 events a year, a hotel, probably a sports book, yeah. uh, commercial, residential, bars, restaurants, commander town. Like, that's, that's what they're <laughs> going to get. Like that. And you know I what? Don't know that t- I don't know why that
1: I don't know why that name makes me chuckle, but it does.
0: I I would call it either commander town or commander land, but what are the two it's going to happen somewhere? Like it's going to happen. And and that's the other thing about RFK is that plot of land big enough to accommodate that vision. I don't know that that's even big enough to do that. And I would say this about Maryland and I'm a Maryland resident. It saddens me that they're going to probably vacate that area. But, you know, for 20 some years, like the fans have complained about going to FedEx field. what has the Maryland government done? to help enhance the area around FedEx Field, to make it more of an attractive landing place, they've done nothing, you know? So I'm really like, I know the fans get on the team about that stadium and the stadium is the fault of the people who built it and where they put it and the entry and exit points and all the the stuff that goes along with making that experience not a great one for the Washington fans. But I got to tell you, it sounds a little, it's so ridiculous when I hear, the Maryland politicians talking right now about how, well, we're willing to do this. Now we're willing to do that. Now for 25 years, the fans have been complaining about going to that stadium. You've done nothing to make it a destination point. And that's another reason why I think it's going to end up in Virginia. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check
1: breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Guys, if you're looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have a little bit of fun, Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service. It delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable form, and it's at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets will help you combat all forms of ED. Plus, it's an online prescription service, no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is really simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, and the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers are going to work with you to find the right ingredient and the strength for your personal subscription. Plus, their tablets are made in the United States. They prepare, they ship direct, and it's so much cheaper than going through a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code KIME K-E-I-M, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code KIME K-E-I-M, to receive your first month free. And we thank BlueChew for being a sponsor of our show.
1: we got free agency coming up in a you know, week and a half or so. How do you sell this team to potential free agents at this point?
0: Well, I think the only sell has to go to the quarterback part. Um, I think the rest of it, this team is, as uh, you know, you can complain about the management through the years they've always been able to get deals done. So I don't know that that you have to sell coming here all that hard um, to, I don't know. They need a middle linebacker. I'm going to go with the one that they target. If they offer him more money, he's going to show up here. So (laughs) I don't know if there's a tough sell. Now, you know, if Russell Wilson was actually available via a trade and it doesn't sound like he is right now, if you listen to Pete Carroll and take him at face value. um, But if he is, I think you do have to sell him. On the vision of what you think you're building here and why he can win here, so I do think there's a few specific people that you'd probably Russell Wilson, namely, but outside of that, I like this middle linebacker from Atlanta, and he's a free agent, and I don't think you need to sell him to come here. I think you just need to say how much do you want, and this is what we're going to pay you.
1: Yeah, no, no, I think the sales job, and that's what, in your experience, because in mine, when you, when I talk to agents and because I've covered this franchise this question comes up a lot would your guy come here and what 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 matters to your players to your clients and I'll talk to players about that too and it's not what fans think like they're not paying attention to the congressional stuff of course the not. average guy isn't now I think like Russell <laughs> might even if like if this team were 11 and 5 or 11 and 6 I don't think Russell Wilson would look at that do you know what I mean? Like, I don't,
0: yeah, I don't no. I, I think, I think for him, someone who's image conscious, who's going to be the face of the franchise, does he want to answer questions about stuff like that? Of course not. You know, especially when he had nothing to do with it. Um, and then the history that the team has not produced a consistent winner. I think he'd want to hear why it's going to be different, you know, with okay. this coaching staff in this group, but he's the old, and I think he's a very specific example. Like, They have not had a problem getting deals done through the years when they want to, um, mainly because they're willing to pay market value and they're willing to be aggressive in signing people. Now, and this this is carried over to last year. They did sign Curtis Samuel. They did sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. They didn't go hard and heavy into the free agent market. I'm not worried about it. Like, I, I think. If a big name quarterback is available, they may have to pitch to them why they should come here and right, be right. acceptable to the trade. And, Outside and of Ryan, that, you you want some you know speed receiver? You want a middle linebacker? You maybe want another corner, a safety, an interior lineman? Um, how much are you paying? <laughs>
1: that's, that's that's it. And that, and that's right. And that's what that's by and large that's what guys are going to say. The first thing they're going to care about is money, and then it's going to be then it's a lot of times it's location. Then you're going to get to, um, you know, position coach and like for a quarterback, you're going to look at what's the style of offense, who's the offensive coaches. You know, if you're a receiver, you're going to look at who's the quarterback on that team to know if you want to go there. Are they going to help you put up numbers to help get you paid again down the road and to help you win? So, but when you know for yeah, style a pilot, of
0: play matters, I mean, for sure, like especially that's not, now that's where not
1: tops on the list.
0: Yeah. Style of play matters, but like, I don't think Washington runs into this problem. They have a diverse offense and they're looking to throw the ball downfield. So they're right, going to try right, to keep right. everybody happy. I would be, here's the people I'd be concerned. If I'm Devonte Smith saying all the right things, Jalen Rager probably wants to get out. If I'm a receiver in an offense like Philadelphia's, I'd be very concerned that my stats are going to be terrible. Like, and right. just if because of the way they run their it. offense, but that's, that's their, it, that's, that's how they've decided to run their offense. You know, like I think, for Washington, I don't think we have a problem like that. Like No, no,
1: I, I think it, yeah. you know, and, and that's, I'm just, my point is in general, it takes, you have to get down the list. The first thing is always going to, it's money location, you know, and again, for a guy like Russell, you know, can I win there? Um, and Aaron Rodgers would be the same way, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's ever really been realistic here at all. Um, I don't either. But I know that they would try for him, but I don't think I've never seen it as realistic. And even Russell right now with Pete Carroll pushing, you know, he's 70 years old. He's, he's coming back, he doesn't want to start over with a quarterback unless you have a guy that somehow you get a guy better than Russell Wilson. So I've heard
0: the same thing you've heard about that, which is Seattle logically recognizes their roster needs to be revamped. Right, right. Exactly. They need to get assets. Um, secondarily, and I think that this is a fair question that John Schneider and their ownership need to think about with him. That was a down year for Russell Wilson you can blame it on a finger or you can blame it on other things. I don't think he's old by NFL standards anymore. 33 is not really old any longer it used to be. It's not any longer. I think he's got at least 4 or 5 years. Everyone says he's got a great work ethic and keeps his body in shape and he hasn't had any major injuries through the years. So there's, you know, there's none of that concern. However, there was a downturn, you know, last year with him and you can blame the finger or not. And if I'm the management in Seattle, you know, if he has another year where it's trending the wrong way, they're not going to get the same level of interest that they would get right now. They need to reboot their team. They're in a very competitive division. They might be the fourth place team in that division next year as things stand right now, even with Russell Wilson. I could make a case. If I'm organizationally, I I could make the case that let's sell high now and he might be good for a couple of years somewhere else, but let's try to get ahead of him going the wrong way statistically because then we're not going to get any value for him and our team's not getting any better and we're playing paying him 40 million dollars a year let's reboot so i could see where they're stuck in the middle here but it sounds like they've got a hall of fame caliber coach who's in his 70s who probably isn't going to be around that much longer and does not want to start over and doesn't want to be terrible on the field and knows he won't be if russell wilson's his quarterback so I don't know that strained is the right way to put it, but I bet those that group doesn't see eye to eye about moving forward right now.
1: I definitely think that, and I think you have a front office that will be there for a while, and like you said, a coach that knows he only has a couple more years left. Why would you get? Why why would you want to agree to trade a guy who can help you still win, who gives you the best chance to win? Unless you again, unless they saw a path to Deshaun Watson, which I don't know that they do, but that would be the one way you could say, oh, maybe there's a chance, but. Short of that, I just don't see it. So then it becomes, what What do you think they should do after that? If they yeah, see, well, yeah, if gonna I, swing I still big, think you- Swing big, swing and miss, then swing what? Swing
0: big. I, I still think you you really talk through with Seattle for the next couple of weeks because I do think that there is at least, and Carol acknowledged this You know, yesterday at the Combine, they have received calls about it. They are talking about it. They just don't want to do it. And part of it is, I think, you know, There's this ridiculous notion they'll get a quarterback back. Well, okay. Pittsburgh probably wants them. New Orleans probably wants them. Clearly, we want them. Denver would probably want them. There's a lot of teams that would probably want them. None of them have a quarterback to give back. So that's pie in the sky. Working out some three team deal that somehow gets Watson back there is the only, or Cousins or someone like that. That's the only thing that makes sense to me where that works out. And that's very, very, very hard to accomplish. So when I hear we want a quarterback back, The teams who need him and want him don't have one that you want. None of them do like, so you don't want Sam Darnold. You don't want Kyle Allen. You don't want Mason Rudolph. You don't want any of the people that could be offered, but you don't want Drew Locke. You don't want any of the people that could be offered back to you. So they need to decide, is it the right time to try to sell high on Russ now, get a lot of assets back, either take somebody in the draft or pick up a free agent. Like they could get Trubisky and try to move on that way does sound like Carroll doesn't want to do that, and they're going to concede to him on this, and I actually think that, you know, the more you think about it, it's probably a mistake. Pete Carroll's only going to be there for a couple more years. They are not a roster that's ready to win right now. They're in the wrong division to try to keep going as they're going, and as hard as it is to maybe let go of Russell Wilson, boy, a reboot feels about right for them but it doesn't sound like that's what they're doing. Still, no, it doesn't. I'm, I'm calling them, calling them, calling them to see if they come around to that conclusion, because we're willing to overpay. Ron Rivera goes on literally every show possible to tell people he's willing to overpay <laughs> for that situation. All right. So let's just say that doesn't happen and take Pete Carroll at face value and it doesn't happen. What's next? I don't think Watson's in the cards for them. Personally. I also know that his Criminal stuff has not been settled yet. And while his lawyer sits there and tries to say, we think by April 1st, we're going to hear this. The reason why he's saying that he's trying to pressure the police to make a decision so that he can trade his guy before the draft, the police don't have to listen to him. So I don't know what's going to happen there. And I think we both know without having to go through detail why it would be complicated for this organization to get him, even if they were willing to do it. I don't think it's out of the question. I think it would be complicated and they'd be tying themselves up in a pretzel explaining it to the fan base. So that's going to be tough to do. Outside of that, I don't think we're getting Rodgers. I'm with you. I don't think we're going to try to get Kirk Cousins. And I think Derek Carr is staying in Vegas.
1: So but you know what? Even he's an interesting one because until he signs that extension, agreed. You, you talk about trying to get something for him now because you're not getting anything for him next year unless you want to tag him. So, agreed. you know, and then you're paying him a lot. So that one's
0: tough. Um, with Garoppolo, who is available now that he's having shoulder surgery, me personally, I'm out personally, I don't want to get somebody who's coming off shoulder surgery in the last year of a contract that is going to anticipate getting an extension with guaranteed money attached to it. I don't, I don't think you, if you're Rivera, who's saying third year, no, I have to win time to take a jump. Do you
1: really take a chance on damaged goods? I don't, I don't. don't. (laughs) And I don't think Brandon, I think the other thing too, I think the only way he ends up here is if it's such a good deal for them, where there's There's some sixth round pick
0: that turns into a second if he actually plays, but even then Rivera acknowledging, we need to do something here. How do you, if this blows up in his face, let's just say we have a year of Jimmy Garoppolo and every week he's on the side field and he's never playing. And they keep saying he's, he's getting better, getting better, but never actually plays. How do you then explain that to everybody after the year's over? I think, you put yourself on the hot seat by taking a chance on something like that. I mean, I I don't, I I think it's important to say this. And I think, I think you agree with me. Rivera talks a little bit like he understands he could be on a warm seat. I have yet to hear a whiff of anything like that. That is why. Okay. And that is why I think while he'd love to swing big and he'd love to get a, you know, big deal quarterback in here, if it doesn't happen, I think he needs to be risk averse from taking a chance on someone that would put him on a hot seat. Garoppolo to me signifies that no one here is excited to get him in the first place. You'll hear the same thing over and over. Good guy. Good teammate. Doesn't elevate a lot of people. You know, now he's coming off shoulder surgery. People aren't going to be like, wow, here we go. Let's go to the Super Bowl. Why would you take a chance on something like that? So to me right now, if they can't hit the home run, the take a chance guy is Trubisky. And I think he's going to be high on their list. I think he's going to, I think people are going to be very surprised what he gets on the market, mainly because the draft doesn't have five-star can't miss, got to take them quarterbacks this year. So I think there's going to be a lot of teams and this may be one of them that goes, let's give it a shot. No assets given up. It's only money. It's not going to be top tier money. We hit a home run with this guy. We found a dude who's, who's our Tannehill. We don't, we get out of it. No harm, no foul.
1: Well, and I think, I think a lot of people are going to point to the Matt Nagy influence and try, if you get them, you're going to say, well, Nagy didn't use him right. Now I don't know that that's the complete accurate narrative or the complete accurate truth, but that's how it's going to be sold to, and see and as to why, like, and it's, listen, it's a, in, in some ways, it's a no harm, no foul. Cause you're, he'll get around $10 million a year. Maybe
0: more. I think you might be surprised. It might be more. more, I think think there's going to be a lot of interest in him.
1: I would say this: the expectation from what I've heard early, right? Even last week was 10 million. Now I think we'll have a better idea after this week, after meetings at the combine and all that, see how many teams are truly interested in at a certain level. You know, is he going to go somewhere? Are they going to say, yeah, we want him to come in here start, or we're going to come in here and compete, or we're still going to draft a guy. So there's going to be a lot of factors around him. But I think there's still a no harm, no foul, because you're not giving up a ton. Now, what you're giving up is the idea of hope, because it's really a leap of faith to think that he's going to be some great quarterback. But can you he help you get to somewhere? And here's the other key, Bram. Do you know, then do you still draft a guy? And I think if you want, like, I think if they don't have a quarterback going to the draft and Kenny Pickett sitting there at 11 and so is Malik Willis, I think they take Kenny Pickett because he's a mature guy because the maturity level, the experience, I think they'd see him further ahead. I think if you have a guy like, let's say they traded for Carson Wentz or they signed Trubisky, that athletic type quarterback, then you can, then you're more apt to take a shot on a guy like Willis. And I don't know that they would or not, but I think that's a scenario where then you could allow him to develop while you have a veteran who's got the spot right now.
0: Yeah. I, you know, this could sit, you know, obviously this just kind of continuously develops, but if they don't get Russ or someone like that, And it's not feeling like they're going to now because it doesn't sound like these guys are moving, you know, but like, you never know, like things could change and who knows, but if they end up being competitive and getting Trubisky, and I think there's going to be an active market for him, but if they do, I I agree with that. I I would, this is where I think they would land on the draft at that point. There's no pressure to take a quarterback in the first round any longer. You don't have to. In fact, yeah. Yeah. In fact, this is different than last year where in the second or third round, if you wanted a quarterback, you're taking the seventh, eighth, ninth player on the board. If you take one in the second or third round this year, you're taking the third, fourth, fifth best quarterback off the board and you may feel pretty good about that. So like if you like someone like Carson Strong, you don't have to pay up the price that it's going to take to get him in here. And then the pressure's off and he can be underneath him and Heineke. He can learn. He turns into a a hit. Great, he plays in a couple years. He doesn't. No harm, no foul. You keep swinging for the fences, and you hope Trubisky turns out to be your guy. The only caveat I would say to this is, if they were to take Trubisky, I could see a case where if Malik Willis is available at eleven, you take him. That he's he's the guy that people seem to look at and see the athleticism and see the big arm and say, give him a little time, and he'll he'll have a shot to be really good for you. And that's the one I could see. Now, does Trubisky want to go somewhere where somebody's doing that? Probably not. So, you know, like, so that's the other thing. So that's the only other one. Otherwise, if you get someone like Trubisky, I would make the case for you're taking either one of those corners at 11, you're taking maybe the best interior offensive lineman at 11, or you're trading back for someone who wants a quarterback, get some more assets, and you're taking a linebacker, a receiver, an interior lineman, a cornerback later, because there would be no pressure to take a quarterback And I think this year of all years, you should not feel pressure to take a quarterback early.
1: Right. And I think that's why you get, if you got a Trubisky and when you look at this class, if Trubisky was coming out with this group, where would he be? Where would he rank in this group? So that's why you don't, you don't, it's not the group where you want to force it, but I I'm like you, like if they, if they took one of the corners there, I'd applaud that because I think those guys could be really good. If they traded back and they took the Dean or someone like that, I would have no problem with that because I think it makes your defense a lot better potentially, um, just like the corners would. You want that corner depth. I'd have zero problem if they took a receiver there, and because like for as much as we've talked about Dami Brown in the past, there's no guarantee he's going to take this big jump and become that guy. I don't. They don't have that. They don't have that. I have a guy. hard
0: time with that position only because McLaurin's going to get paid and Samuel's already been paid. So a first round pick at that position seems tough to me. But I guess. Listen, I'm advocating for a corner and that's already been paid too. So I don't know. And I I
1: don't, and I think for the, for the same reason, I would take a corner. Like that's where you want, I want playmakers on this roster, but I'm not like, I look at something else first, but I'm not going to turn my nose up at either, just because we don't know what Samuel, was he going to stay healthy? If he does, we know what he can do we don't know if damie brown's going to make that leap so who's your second guy that you know now there's no guarantee a rookie does that either but it's why i'm not dis- it's why i wouldn't dismiss yeah. anything there but i think there's some that are more likely quarterback if, if they don't have one obviously that's going to be a target trading back would be desirable and you know in that case you almost need to have a guy on your roster already where you're comfortable saying we don't want malik willis we're going to trade back and cuz someone'll come up to get him and get something else and then pick either a linebacker or a guard or, or whatever it is and and be happy with that and get other picks to continue building your roster. And then again, see, and my thing would be just like last year, I felt like I would have done more to get assets for this year's draft. I would do the same for next year as well. If you're not, if you don't have that guy, get something in your back pocket, like what the Eagles and giants did. So that way, if it comes to it and you want to be aggressive you have more ammo to be more aggressive next year. Because if, if they don't solve it this year, if they draft – because I, I agree with your scenario, and I've heard this painted over here, which is dra- get the veteran and pair him with the rookie, likely in the second or third round. But if you mm-hmm. think after a year those guys didn't really progress to where you think they could be a franchise-type quarterback, then you try again next year. Yeah,
0: then you move on. But if you if you you know give up the first round pick, there's a lot of pressure on it happening. The guy better turn around and be very good very quickly. It's tough. You know, the other one I thought, my ears perked up big time. When I heard Joe Shane, the new GM of the Giants, say, Daniel Jones is the quarterback of this team right now. I was very surprised to hear that because they were glowing about him. And maybe they are looking at the quarterback market and going,
1: "Hmm." Brian Dable loves Mitch Trubisky.
0: Yes. You know, and they could probably get Mitch to sign there. And then they have two top 10 picks, which means they could take their pick of a quarterback behind it. They can do that. And they might be looking at Daniel Jones and go, hmm, you know, this is the year where getting a quarterback, if you're quarterback needy is very, very hard to do, why don't we trade him, you know, trade him now, like make him available because laugh at that all you want, he suddenly becomes a very viable candidate for a quarterback needy team who's trying to do a second go around with somebody. So this might be the year. And if that's what I thought about Trubisky too, I'm like. He's already got a relationship with them. They love him. He's not going to cost that much money. They're not going to get a lot for Jones, but they could probably flip him for something. And then they've got two top 10 picks. They could pick Pickett or Willis and put him behind Trubisky for a year or two. I perked up big time when I heard the Giants kind of hedge for the first time about Daniel Jones.
1: Last thing on the quarterbacks. Do you think they made a mistake last year not doing a little bit more to get up and get... Justin Fields whom they did like and they were they had discussed moving up for him
0: I don't know what the price was
1: and that's the problem too I I don't know either but and that's where they Rivera has said expensive.
0: to me you know privately like the price was too high but right. I don't know what the heard, price was I've heard right? that
1: and I've said the same thing I until yeah. I know it's hard for me to say um but do they regret telling. it I mean Graham, I think it's telling what he said the other day at the combine which is does anybody care what the Rams pay for staff yes no Right. But he
0: also like, okay, so two things are happening at the same time too. He also was saying last year, this roster isn't ready to do something like that. He now is saying the roster is ready to do something like that. There might be a little bit of fudging about, you know, like, do you really feel like it's ready? And are you just really feeling the pressure of finding the quarterback and doing that and hearing it about it? And so you know, a little, both things can be true. They didn't want to pay the price last year. They didn't feel like the roster was ready to do something like that. And at the same time, he said early, I liked what the Rams and the 49ers did going to get these guys, but he also felt like they were ready to do it. And there they were playing in the NFC championship game against one another. So he was right. I mean, he's validated by that. He was right. You know, by that, he feels like the team is in a better place and, and should now. And so I think they're willing to pay the price, but there's no one to your point to pay the price for this time around other than a veteran. And so I think that they're kind of stuck. I mean, I would say this, and this is this is probably an unfair criticism. If you knew that this quarterback class was going to be extremely weak this year, then yes, you should have paid the price to get ahead of it so that you wouldn't be stuck here going, what do we do? Because the answer's not in the draft for us this time. Um, but I think that's probably being a little too overly critical saying, I need you to project a year out that there's no Zach Wilsons out there. I think that would have been hard to do.
1: Well, and I think, and the last thing on that too, for me, while you, they definitely are aware of what's going to be out there next year as well, you don't know how, like Baker Mayf- or, um, you know, who is it? Joe Burrow comes out of nowhere to become the number one draft pick. Yes. Kyler Murray was not expected to be the number one draft pick. So, there, so those classes looked a lot different in hindsight. Um, so if you had made a move based on what you thought that class was going to be, then you, you may have come to different conclusions because Justin Herbert was not Tua may have been the number one guy. And I think in hindsight, he clearly shouldn't wouldn't have been the right pick there, right? So I think there's a lot of things that can change over the course of the year, but they are aware of that. Last thing then with Terry McLaurin came up with him about an extension. They're gonna, they're meeting with his agent, which you would expect. And his agent also represents DeAndre Carter, so they'd like to get him back. What do you see as an extension? I had Joe Corey on the podcast. If people didn't hear that, go back and listen. He went through all the, the salary cap ramifications, the possible numbers for the extension. What did you hear when you heard him talking about McLaurin? What is your thought process there?
0: Well, he said something to me that like worried me and made a lot of sense, which was, is he in a rush to do this? Because doesn't he want to see how this market shakes out before he does it? That said, he's not a first-round pick. He's not making a lot of money, so there's a lot of money that's going to get waved at him, and he's going to have to determine whether he's going to turn that down, and I don't think that these guys are not going to offer him market value. The question is, what does he think his market value is, and if he wants what Devontae Adams ends up getting or wants what DeAndre Hopkins got, I think there's going to be a problem. Um, if he's not looking for that and he's looking for a high end number one receiver deal, that's not literally top of the market and record breaking. I think there's a deal to be had and I don't see why it can't get done, but until I know what his motivations are, it's hard to know. I just know kind of outwardly, he really likes being here. Um, he's a really hard worker. I think he likes, you know, I think he likes being part of this. And so I I feel like something's going to get done. That's what I feel like, but. Until it does, who knows?
1: Well, and I think the other, the, there are a couple of things there. One, and this is what Joel brought up too. Like they're going to look at, you have the same group as A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, receivers like that who will also be yeah. up. So who's going to sign first? Because whoever signs last in that group could be in a better position. So how much that does that timing play and do it for both sides? You know, once if I'm Washington, I want to get it done before that point. If I'm McLaurin, I probably wait. If I'm McLaurin, I may want to wait and see what their plan is at quarterback because that could affect your future contracts as well. Though if you give him listen, if they give him a four year extension right now, that's for a lot of money, I think he'll probably live with whomever because he's got his money. Yeah. Um, and so I would I, wait I, until I
0: do- Adam's situation is gonna get settled. Um, and I would wait until that one happens and see where that lands. He's probably gonna get the biggest receiver contract ever. So let's see where that lands. And then on the other ones, agent Brown's going to get a lot of money, you know, like let's see where that lands. If I was him, I would be patient and wait because he's not in Adam situation where clearly everyone talks about him as he might be, or is the best wide receiver in the NFL and period. So if you want him, it's going to cost this and you're going to have to top the Hopkins deal. I don't think that's where McLaurin is, but I'm sure he'd like to see where it lands. Cause I don't blame him. these guys. Careers are fleeting. You want to squeeze out as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, you know, what could, and, and considering that they were willing to make Brandon Sheriff the highest paid player at his position, it doesn't, I don't think that we have, because like, we don't really know how do they deal with their guys internally all that much outside of what I would describe as easy deals to get done, extending Logan Thomas because he right. performed well for them, extending Chase Rulier because he performed well with them. Well, they don't have to make him the highest paid center. They don't have to make Thomas the highest paid tight end. McLaurin falls in and sheriff fall into these categories of they may or may not be the best at their position. And and I don't think there's an argument that McLaurin's the best at his position, but he's a really, really, really good good. young player.
1: Really, really, really good young player. Franchise player.
0: Don't want him to go anywhere. You know, like he's a great teammate, great guy, great ambassador for the franchise, terrific performer. Um, Considering who he's been playing with and all the different quarterbacks throwing him the ball. It's amazing. He's put up the stats he's put up. So he should be here. It's just a, it's a, it's a dollars and cents thing. And I think he'll get an extension because why in the world would he bet on himself and play for practically nothing for another year? I would take the extension now. So I think something will get done, but if I'm him, I do want to wait and see what some of these big tier numbers like land. I
1: would too. And I think the last thing on this for them too, is they do need, and they said this and Mayhew said this, they want to see what they have to pay for a quarterback first, because if you go out and get Russell Wilson, the contract looks different than if you're signing Mitch Trubisky. There's a pretty big gap there. And that determines what you can do with not only McLaurin, but Duron Payne and all in Monte Sweat. So I think they need to get some of those questions answered. And I think what they're going to, again, DeAndre Carter's agent is the same as McLaurin's. And I think they want to meet with about him as much as they want to meet about Terry, because they have to sign Carter now, if they want him. Yeah. Pending free agent. But I think with Terry too, going back to the numbers, if they offered him a big deal, then it doesn't matter who the quarterback is this year. If you go out there with Trubisky, let's say, and it's the last year of your contract, that may have a bigger, bigger, it may be more reason why you'd say, well, I better sign now because you don't know how that's going to go or if it's a rookie quarterback or whatever. So, you know, I, I, this stuff like this typically, you know, gets a lot more steam in the spring um, after a lot more questions are answered. Um, You want to have the dialogue and what I hope there, there are times where people wonder do they, you know, teams have a tendency to lowball a lot of times. And, and you know, I would, if I'm this one, don't screw around, get to the point. And not, get, with and, and not, not with him. And not with him because it's, it's happened a lot. Um, and, you know, there have been times even with the, the past group or even with this group where you can be a little bit more aggressive with some of these offers and get things done a lot quicker. So we'll see. But I think you can't lose him because he is too important. And I think this fan base would revolt again. if, if they, Yeah, if I hard. think he's
0: too big of a deal here. Um, to your point about they need to get something done. I mean, I think this is why that they're screaming from the rooftops, call us, because I think they feel like they're getting squeezed here a little bit. And it's not looking like there's going to be the movement of the veterans that people thought initially. So the hit the home run part is getting very hard for them to pull off. So if they have to settle for a free agent, well, that market might be a little more vibrant than you think. And it's not particularly guys that, you know, are going to really energize, energize the fan base. Like is Jameis Winston really going to energize the fan base if they were to bring him in here? I don't really know. And then what are you paying him? And what is your, you know, what realistic outcome are you looking for? Yeah. And then, so then now then you hit a draft, a draft where the first quarterback off the board could be bottom part of the top 10 or, you know, uh, at 11, someone's going to fall into the lap. Well, that tells you how good the quarterback, the perceived quarterbacks are. They never go that low. Like, so all these teams that are typically high up that need a quarterback aren't selecting them. Well, <laughs> I wonder why, you know? Right, so right, right. I think they're feeling squeezed here. And Definitely. that's why I think they're saying, TikTok guys, we're willing to overpay or give you the best deal possible because we want to get it done, but we need to get it done now for a lot of reasons.
1: Yeah, no, I think there's, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And they also want people to know, like they have done a ton of work trying to find a guy that might be a solution and um, whether it's calling all these teams and they have a lengthy list of guys that they started with several months ago that, you know, and now some of those guys have been cut. Like you, is this guy better than this? Well, no, then you take them off the list, but you can start with the lengthy list and work your way down. So you know, we'll see where it goes, but I I'm with you. I think it's ultimately it'll probably be a veteran plus a draft pick. That's tip. You know, that's been my thinking. So we'll see, got to, you know, hopefully something starts to happen soon because they need to play off of that. And they need to bring some of these guys back that they want, whether it's JD or Bobby McCain, low end deals, but still Um, anyway, Bram, I I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back on Monday with another episode talking to USA Today's Mike Jones. Talk to you next time.